Welcome everyone, this is Coaching in Session. My name is Michael Reardon and I will be your mindset coach today. And today we're gonna be talking about how to survive the world with a positive mindset. If you know anything about the world, we are always in a tailspin. There's always a new pandemic, it seems like. There's always a new war. There's always a new problem for us to be afraid of, for us to think about, for us to prepare for maybe. Maybe mentally, maybe physically. And many people are tired of always looking at the next big issue rather than solving the issues of their own life. Many Americans are suffering and struggling to make ends meet, whether it be mortgage payments, groceries. We can keep tacking on all the issues that people are facing. What's truly happening is that people are suffering. People are being told lies again and again and again where it's like, how much can these people take? When is the breaking point? And the breaking point is going to be when people truly decide to wake up. Civil wars don't happen because everything is good. Civil wars happen because people finally are fed up. The straw that breaks the camel back might be something as small as a mask mandate. It could be as big as a mandate for a vaccine. Whatever is going on is going to, again, be those scrawls that are going to build up and people are going to say, you know, enough's enough. Our current administration and the mainstream media, they are going to invoke fear again and again and again. They're going to promote ideologies and trending behavior that is not conducive to success, to long-term happiness, to longevity. And we have to ask ourselves, well, if they're not doing it, who is? So we need to be the people, you need to be the person that takes control of your own life. There's no more waiting for the government to come save you. There's no more government assistance. Even if you are on it, even if you think about it, there's no more stimulus. Look what happened in Maui, $700 for those people. They have lost their land. They have already started building on top of their land. The land was stolen from them. Yet, we don't hear about it. Yet, you hear about the new lockdowns every single moment. Why is something as big as that where people are losing their livelihoods and their land that has been in their families for generations, something we don't talk about? Our world's very turbulent. It is so chaotic where it's like you think you own your house, you think you own your land, but the moment you do something wrong, it is gone. And this is not mindset OD. This is just talking about how we have to survive in this turbulent world, but we need to do it with a positive mindset. So today we're going to be talking about seven steps that we can be taking today in our life so you can become more positive regardless of what's going on in the world. So I wrote a blog, so let's take a look at that right now. All right, everyone, if you're new to the channel, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe and to share the video and your audio to help build a community of like-minded individuals. So today we're going to be talking about how to get a positive mind in a negative world. I have written similar blogs on this, but today I really do harp on the notion of what's truly happening in the government, what's really happening on the news. And typically I just give a broad spectrum of things because if I go into conversations like this, it's more political. But actually in the first paragraph of this blog here, you're going to see that I say I typically stay away from politics, but that is something that I'm going to 
readjust because I have found that politics are very much mindset. Politics are very much life is similar to religion, even though I'm not going to openly speak about religion to just everybody because everyone has their own perspective on it. But politics are more in line with mindset. It's not going to be of choosing left or right, middle, conservative, democratic, republican. It's not going to be choosing size. It's literally going to be talking about what you see every single day. So sometimes it could be construed as, oh, you're talking bad about this person because you don't like them. I don't care who you are. I don't care what color you are. As long as you do right by the people, I will support you. I don't have an affiliated party. I just pick the best person for the job. I mean, the person we have right now is just not doing a good job. And news outlet, social media outlet, short after short, real after real, people are coming out and they're saying what they truly believe. And they believe that they're not happy with the current administration. They're talking about mandates and they're talking about restrictions and they're talking about things people have to do in order to keep their livelihood and to keep their normalcy. I mean, we can play this game again every single year. It's going to be the same outcome. Do you know the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing and expecting a different result. You are going to go insane if you keep thinking that people that have been in power have the best intentions for you. Not saying that they're all bad. It's just that there is an agenda being pushed. I'm not too sure why they're pushing so much control onto the people. It could be a money thing. I do believe that. But at the same time, money can only fill your pockets so much before it's just like, well, what's the point? You make a million dollars and make $10 million. It's like, how much money do you need to live? So maybe they want to reach like Elon Musk money or Jeff Bezos money. That's perfectly fine. It's a goal. It's an aspiration. I'm all for it. Some people are just truly happy living a nice, easy life. You have your 401ks, you have your Roth IRAs, you have your VO accounts, your mutual funds, your CDs, your bank accounts, saving accounts, things like that. The typical thing people do. But then you have people who do day trading and they are gambling maybe and they're trying to make it big. We all want to make it big, but we don't have the mindset to allow for that type of growth. Because even if you made an abundance of money, or if you received an abundance of money, whether it be an inheritance, uh, a winning from lotto or gambling, you're going to lose that money most likely. Not many people are going to be able to keep it. Maybe 30%, that's being generous. That is being truly generous. Most people just don't have the mindset for it. They don't have the discipline for it. So in this turbulent world, what would happen if someone won an abundance of money or they had an abundance of money? They would either try to make more money somehow or they would try to save their money somehow and just keep it under a mattress. Both can be bad options. There's going to be safer options than others. But with a volatile economy, right, a turbulent world, what do you do? Because you can lose half of your money just like in 2008 with the housing market crash. Yes, the housing market crash might not happen, but something worse can happen. The Great Depression happened once. It doesn't mean it can't happen again. So we can be in for a world of hurt if we're not prepared. But the best way to prepare it is not so much financial. It is going to be about mindset. And so when I wrote this blog, I talked about many different aspects of mindset 
many different aspects of what's going on in the world. And then I said, you know what, there has to be a simple process for people to understand when it comes to how can they be more positive. So there's going to be some strategies for having a positive mind. And I call it the resilient mind. Because during a hard time, especially like looking back at the Great Depression, when people lost all of their wealth, you know what they did? They were jumping off buildings. That's crazy. In 2008, when people lost like all their value in their home, people were like, I don't know what to do. I'm in over my head. I'm underwater. So they paid more for their house than what it was truly worth. So it was definitely a buyer's market and people were buying up homes like crazy. And the people who bought homes, they made a great investment, $150,000 at least per home. So if you had money, you can buy more homes. But most people, what they do when it comes to investing is, oh my goodness, the market just crashed. Let me take all my money out. Wrong. That is incorrect. If the market crashed, you want to put money in, not out. But we are trained to say, oh, this hurt. This is uncomfortable. Let me get out. We look for comfort, but sometimes we do have to seek something stronger. Positivity is stronger, even though negativity reigns supreme. If you understand that, then that means you have been a long time listener of the podcast. But the resilient mind, seven steps. The first step is going to be to limit media consumption. The second step is going to be practice gratitude. The third step is going to be mindfulness and meditation. The fourth step is going to be set realistic goals. Five is going to be connecting with others. Six, change because you want to. And then seven, focus on what you can. So these are going to be our seven talking points today on how to create a positive mind on everything I just talked about. I understand what I've talked about might have been a little bit borderline. Oh my goodness, like he is on this side or on this side. Listen, I'm on the side of the American people. I'm on the side of humanity. I want everyone to win. This podcast is free for you to listen to. Hopefully you can go to YouTube. It's free there. I know that you can go to certain platforms. I'm not sure if you can do it without ads, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Those platforms, I believe, offer this podcast for free. You might have to pay for a subscription to get no ads, but you can listen to this podcast readily. You can go to my website. You can get free resources, free eBooks. There's so much great content for you to digest. The goal is you to be in the best place possible, not for me to fill my pockets. My pockets are fine because there's going to be people who are willing to invest in themselves. But in order for you to want to even get to that point in your life, to want to invest in yourself, invest in a better life, you have to change your mindset from negative to positive. So when we start to look at these seven steps, the ones I just said, we're going to go in order. Number one is talking about limiting media consumption. Now, why should you limit media consumption? Media has one job to tell you the news, and the news does not have to be truthful. So if they want to say a lie, they want to keep you hooked with fear. And typically that's what they do because fear sells. Fear is going to help keep on. The lights is going to keep bright on the table for them. It is what drives the most viewership. If there was no issue, people wouldn't really watch the news. People wouldn't really read the newspaper or listen to the news on the radio. 
we have to understand where our news is coming from. Some people love conspiracy theorists. Some people love political activists. Some people like the mainstream media. Your CNNs, your ABCs, your BBC, your MSN. I mean, it doesn't matter, to be honest, where you get your news. I did an episode, a podcast, on how to find the best news. And we use these popular platforms, Fox, CNN, ABC. We use them. We use some other ones, too. We use them so we can just gauge on what's truly going on. How often do you think you need to listen to the news? Some people listen to the news every single day. And so I will tell you, these clients, when they like reach out to me, they have a very interesting mindset. They have so many issues like with credit card debt. And it's just like, whoa, like, why is this happening? And it seems like it's a trend you know, with this genre of people who listen to the news because they want good, they're doing good maybe, they could come from an affluent family or they come from money, meaning that they didn't really truly make all their money, meaning it was an inheritance versus them earning it. So there's only a matter of time before their habits and their lifestyles going to say, whoop, there's no more money. It's because they're so afraid of what's happening. They don't care about money. There's people who do Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is a great life coach. I don't have anything bad to say about the man. He does things right. Some of the programs he has, I mean, I can't get fully behind them. Some of the things he does is, you know, not my style. But again, it's many other people's style. The books he has written, the words he speaks, they're the truth. But sometimes people stick around a little bit too long. So he has one program every single year. The Power Within, then he has his new program for ladies. I mean, woman empowerment, right? He's going to make a lot of money on that. He's going to be in competition with Brooke Castillo. So I know Brooke Castillo is probably mad too because she has the, the life coach school. And so that's like 50K a ticket or something or more. And I know women like personally who will go to this class because they feel like it's going to help empower them. And it does because she is very good with her words and that's why she divorced her husband and that's why she's a boss babe and she has kids and she was married and she was happy before and then now the money and the trending has focused her mindset to be a little bit different. The media, social medias, the mainstream medias, this is what can change mindsets. So you do have to limit how much media you listen to you have in your life. What's the perfect number? It just depends on your mindset. Some people can listen to it every day and it's not going to affect them. Some people, I would say, listen to it maybe once, two times a week. I don't really look past the weather. I mean, that's just what I do. We do mindset OD, which is talking about politics now. So I am getting more into politics because I have to talk about them on mindset OD. I mean, I probably do one day worth of studying, maybe Friday, and then Saturday I do just a recheck. And then I talk about it on Saturday. That is my politics. I'm not going to be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening. So limit how much news you're going to be watching and you're going to see just how much your life can be changing for the positive. Because then you're going to start to focus on your own issues instead of the world's issues. And then you can tackle those, but you must know how to do it. Step two is going to be talking about practicing gratitude. One of the greatest steps, I like to put it like number four, but practicing gratitude can be a great step, especially after you limit your media. 
The reason is number two today is because when you finally get rid of the media, you can start to focus on your life again. As I was saying, you need to make sure that you have some focus, right? When we have purpose, when we wake up in the morning, we need to have some type of drive. And that drive is going to help us say, you know what? Maybe I should take some more action in my day. Let me look at the things in my life that I can be grateful for. If you have kids, I do this for my kids. If you have family, I do this for my family. Maybe you do it for a dog or a cat or yourself, whatever. But you're grateful for what you have because then you can start to see what you can achieve. People who have a hard time of gratitude have a hard time of finances, have a hard time of relationships, have a hard time living life overall. Gratitude can be the band-aid, but it can also be the remedy. So it depends on how you do it. Thanksgiving is the perfect band-aid. I'm grateful for one day. Oh, thank you know, thank you for this food. Thank you, everyone, for coming around. How long does that band-aid last on Thanksgiving? Two days, three days, or something like that? And then you're back to your regular life, right? The gratitude is gone. So choose to make it a remedy, not a band-aid. Thanksgiving is like a band-aid. It's a moment. You want to make it so it's going to be long-lasting. If you are a person who's having a hard time getting into that mindset, coaching is going to be the best way to get that gratitude aspect. Many of my executives that come in for executive coaching, they are struggling with gratitude. They have the money, they have maybe the popularity, they have the family, but they don't know how to appreciate what they have. They're always looking for the next dollar. They're always looking for the next big deal. There is nothing wrong with living life that way, but there has to be a moment where you say, okay, let me look at what I did. Let me look at what I created. Let me look at what I built and let me be thankful for that. So there's an aspect to gratitude there. Then we get into number three, mindfulness and meditation. This is an easy one. Meditate, be mindful, be aware, live in the present moment. If you can live in the present moment, you're going to be more positive than if you are just relinquishing your present moment to fear or to worry. Worrying is not going to take away tomorrow's problems. It's going to take away today's peace. So do you want to lose today's peace or do you want to figure out how you can get rid of tomorrow's problems? Worrying is not going to do that. You might need to look at something and it causes you to worry a little bit, but staying in that moment for a long time and just ruminating on it is not a good idea. It's not a good deal. Then we get into the idea of setting the realistic goals. As I said, you don't want to ruminate on being worried. You look at the problem, you identify, this is a problem. I need to fix this. What do I do? How do I fix it? Typically, if you have a coach, they're going to say, listen, I see where you're going. You're doing a great job. Let's make a couple of adjustments. I help so many people change their life by just small tweaks here and there. And it's crazy. It's like, you would think that they can do this by themselves. And I mean, when I was doing finances and I was doing teaching and stuff, it's like, until you have someone look at your situation from the outside, it's almost like you're blindsided. So even in my life, that's why I have coaches and mentors, it's so powerful. I can manage my money by myself, but I love to have a financial advisor. I can probably do all of my court cases by myself, but I have a lawyer on retainer. And it just makes sense for me because I don't want to do everything. I don't want to do all the social media. I don't want to do all the emails. I don't want to do all the creating of stuff. I want to talk to you. I want to instill wisdom. I want to coach you. I want to help businesses succeed. 
help families stay together. That is what I want. What is that goal? What does that mean for you? It's going to mean so much more. It's going to create some type of positivity in your life. If you have goals that you can reach, if you have goals that you truly want to have in your life and attain, everything changes. Most people, they have a wish, they have an idea, they have a dream, but yet it's not big enough yet. Yet it's not focused. So what do we do? We just wish, we just hope, we just wait. Make your goals become reality. How do you do that? You have to be decisive. You have to give yourself more purpose. Follow these steps all the way up to step number five, and you're going to see connecting to others is the next one. Connecting to others means, hey, I need some help. Let me network. Let me market. Let me do what I have to do. People help people grow. You can do it by yourself. I'm not saying you can't, but when you build a team and when you build a community of people that want to see you succeed as much as you want to succeed, I mean, everything changes. You get to decide. Do you want to just remain exactly where you are for the rest of your life? Or do you want to make some changes? Most people, I would say 90%, want to make some changes. But there's actually 10% of the world's populace that has been a study of psychology is that they're stuck in their ways. And this 10% cannot be budged whether you like it or not. They will not be budged. They will not be skewed in a certain way. Think of like the tribes that don't really know outside humans and things like that. If you try to go close to them, they're shooting arrows at you with poison on them. So you do have to understand maybe they're part of that 10%. They don't want anything to do with the outside world. They don't want to do anything with other people. They want to live their life. They want to know what they want to know. Even though we can make their lives infinitely better, they don't want it. Certain people living in the modern world, they don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to be told how to live. They want to live exactly how they want to live. Maybe that's freedom for them, but maybe that can cause negativity also. So use people, not in the sense of using people, people build people. When you grow up, you have parents, you have teachers, you have coaches, they build you up. You are the person today because of one of those individuals. Whether you like it or not, people build people, all right? A person, a baby is just not there and says, I'm going to grow up and be an adult. There was someone who had to love and care for that baby until they were able to care for themselves. People build people up. We lose that connection at some point in our life and it becomes more difficult to become successful when you're trying to do everything by yourself. I always say, When you have more people on the team, you have a higher probability of winning, but you need to make sure that you have the best people on your team. Don't just put anyone on the team that can shoot a basketball. You need to have someone who can pass, someone who can dribble, someone who can defend. You want someone who's well-rounded, not just anybody. So choose the people that you want to connect with wisely. Then we get into six, change because you want to. I have been talking a lot today on positivity on what was happening in the news. I'm not telling you to change because I want you to. I want you to change because you want to. If you're not happy with your current situation, you should want to change. I shouldn't look at your current situation and say, oh, poor you, I I hope you change. That is not my job. My job is to help facilitate your change. If you want to change, I facilitate it. I make it happen. I go above and beyond all my clients My goal is to make sure you reach the place that you want to be. It might not be an easy process. 
Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you can have a very complicated life. Some people do. Whether it's mistresses, money, I mean, there's just so many issues sometimes. Like when I'm working with certain clients, it's just like, whoa, you got a lot on your plate. Let me help you take some of that off. Or let's look at what we can eat today and what we can eat tomorrow. So we look at it that way too. But even though we look at it that way, I'm not changing them because I feel like changing them. They're changing themselves. I ask the question and then I say, well, what do you think about this? Do you want to go with that choice? Yeah, maybe so. I was talking to my wife the other day about raising our son. She, you know, has the best intentions for him, but she doesn't know how children's minds work. Not her fault. She doesn't have the education I have, the teaching background I have, the psychology background I have. I'm not blaming her. She just doesn't know. It's ignorance to her. So my job is to help coach her and to teach her how to be the best mother, how to be the best parent for our child. And so sometimes you have to give them choices. This is important before they're two years old or just about reaching two. So if they're like three months old, you don't have to give them a choice or anything. But like a year plus, I would say start giving them some choices. You're going to start to really see it compound around 15 months, 16 months. And that's going to be the point where you need to start giving them some choices or you're going to get those terrible twos that happen, right? I'm not sure if you know anything about parenting, but there is an age called the terrible twos. They're terrible apparently, right? No, they're not terrible. It's just that parents don't know how to navigate through those terrible twos because they're going through so much in their mind. They want to dress themselves. They want to feed themselves. They want to do everything themselves. Yet when they do it, they don't do a good job. When you are trying to help this individual, we are trying to change them, but they're trying to change themselves. So we give them options. Change because you want to, not because you're told to. I'm going to say, hey, I have two forks. Which one do you want? They're literally the same fork. They look the same. They're the same color too. Which one do you want? They get to make that choice. Maybe you want to teach them just what is the difference between a fork and a spoon. Okay, so maybe they have soup in front of them. They might say, okay, I want the fork. Okay, not a problem, right? Give them the fork. And they might have a really difficult time eating their soup with that fork. Guess what? You can say, I love that you're using that fork so well. But if you use the spoon, you're going to get more of the liquid. You want to try? They get to say yes or no. Because they might say no. Not a problem. And then you use your spoon and you show them and go, "Mm, this is so good. And you just keep going on with it. A person is going to change because they want to, not because you told them to. So I'm telling this kid to do something, but they're still living their life and there's no problem. A person will change when they're ready to change. Look at relationships. I know I use kids. Now let's go to the adult aspect. An adult. People like fixing up people, like fixer-upper projects and stuff. This is not a house flip. This is not a makeover. This is not HGTV. This is a person. We are not trying to remake them and build them back better. We are literally saying, you are you. Yes, you have some baggage. You might have some issues, but I'm accepting you for who you are. Now, if you want to change, I support your change, but I'm not here saying that you need to change. One of the red flags in a relationship. Now, if I'm dating somebody, and let's say they're a little overweight, I'm going to say, hey, have you ever thought about fitness in your life? And they might say, yes, it's something that I really want to attain. My goal weight is this. 
Okay, they said it. I didn't say that they needed to lose weight. That's the argument. Now they're like, I want to change because I want to change. You can help facilitate. Go to the gym with them. Go walking in the evening with them. Eat healthy together. That can make the change that you're looking for. If someone doesn't want to change, you're not going to change. So choose the people that you have wisely, the people around you wisely, because even when you choose those people correctly, you are going to influence their change. You're not going to dictate their change, if that makes sense. The government might say, hey, here's a mandate. You don't have a choice. Me, I'm going to say, this is an option if you want to take it. What's the difference? One's forceful, one's a choice. You change because you want to, and people are going to one day become resilient if you tell them what to do. They're just going to become upset. They're going to feel a certain way. Why do you think there's so much backlash against the president or the administration? There's video after video, again, after African-American, black person, white person, Asian person, all these people are saying, hey, you know, this person's no good no more. What happened? Because looking back, and, I, and this is a mindset OD line right here, but I just wanted to talk about it because it makes my point very clear. Slavery. Did those slaves have a choice? Yes or no? They didn't. They were slaves. They had to be on the plantation. They had to work. If not, they got beat. If not, they didn't get fed. If not, they got sold. If not, they got killed. So we have to look at They're trying to change these people in slavery to do exactly what they want, and they didn't have a choice. So people are starting to feel like slaves a little bit. They don't feel like they have a choice when it comes to these mandates, and people don't like that feeling. So if you're in a relationship and you give no choices, if you're a parent and you give no choices, if you're a government and you give no choices, it's not going to lead to a positive mind. The last bit of the puzzle is seven, focus on what you can do. So many people focus on what they can't do every single day. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, it's too bad. This is the limit in my life. This is the limit in my mind. There's a lot of limits in the world. I'm not going to lie. But just because there's limits, it doesn't mean that you can't surpass them. It doesn't mean that you can't overcome them. It doesn't mean that you can't be better than them. It doesn't mean that you can't be better than who you were yesterday. You can grow as a person but you need to know how to do it. And when you have a positive mindset, everything starts to change. Many people think that just being positive is not going to be a positive life, but it's very much in line to the law of attraction, to what you put your mind to. If you believe it, you can do it. If you don't believe it, then you can't do it, or you might be able to do it, and it's going to be a surprise. But you need to have someone who believes in you. You need to have someone on your side to reach that point sometimes. So taking a last look at this blog, Surviving a Turbulent World with a Positive Mindset, we talk about so many great things from the upcoming pandemics to COVID to mandates to all the things happening in the world. And I mean, we can go on and on and on on all the issues in the world from war to famine to the epidemic and relationships not being long lasting, people not having kids. There's just so much. I talk about all of that here in this blog. The main point today is going to be focusing on these seven strategies for a positive mind. Number one, limiting media consumption. Two, practicing gratitude. Three, mindfulness and meditation. Four, setting realistic goals. Five, connecting with others. Six, change because you want to. And seven, focus on what you can. 
So in closing, when we look at all of the things we spoke about from our seven steps to our beginning intro, talking about politics and news, and I mean, there's just so much in the world right now, we get to make a choice how we choose to live life. You might want to keep your life the way it is. You might not be truly happy. You might not be truly fulfilled. You might not be truly in line with what you're supposed to be doing, but you're still living that life. Many people are going on Twitter, they're going on social media websites, and they're saying, this sounds like a scam to work a nine to five and to only get two weeks off and to have to put money away for retirement because cost of living is so high and unpredictable. I mean, people are afraid. There's just so much uncertainty in the world. But if you can apply a bit of positivity in your day, you're going to start to make some huge improvements, some big steps towards the person that you're supposed to be rather than the person that you're living today. So if you're not happy with who you are, head over to reverendconcepts.com, get yourself some coaching, begin the process to change your life to be more positive so then your life can be a positive effect of your actions today. My name is Michael Reardon. I'm a mindset coach. If you have any questions, always email me session at gmail.com and I'll be happy to help anyone who's ready to change your life. I'll see everyone on the next episode of Coaching in Session. Until then, everyone take care.